I'm Haley, and this is the Sunshine and Color Podcast, where we talk about pretty much everything from body image to business to real life adulting and so much more. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we try and figure out this thing called life. So today we have Emily Lassiter on. She is currently my boss. I'm interning <laughs> at the Wealth Edit this summer. And um, Emily, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Haley. Thank you for being willing to share your, your story and what's going on with you. Um, if you don't mind, can you give everybody a little intro where you're from, who you are, what you do? Sure, sure. So my name is Emily Lassiter, and I am a financial advisor here in Birmingham, Alabama with Hightower Somerset Advisory. I work um, with Lauren Pearson. She's another advisor in our office, and um, we have five total. So it's a small wealth management group. We do traditional financial planning and investment management, but um, we also have the Wealth Edit, which is where we have the pleasure of having you this summer. And the Wealth Edit is an online community that we've recently launched in 2020, which is designed to be a platform for women to come together and talk about all things money. Because for so long, what we've seen is that it's kind of tacky or taboo or even impolite to talk about money, especially when you're talking to other women. And we wanted to create a platform where women could come together and talk and learn because we just see what a huge impact it makes when women have a real handle on their personal finances. Mm. And I grew up here in Alabama and went to Auburn and then went to law school at Alabama. So I did practice law for almost 15 years and then um, made the transition using my legal experience into financial advising after losing my husband um, almost seven years ago, which seems crazy. Um, but what happened after losing him and kind of taking on the role of being head of household financially, and then also just talking to a lot of single women, whether mm. they have lost their husband or whether or not they've been through a divorce, and just realizing that oftentimes the thing that was holding them back from moving forward was a lack of understanding of like their um, of their personal finance and also the legal side of things. And so in my mind, I thought I'd love to really be able to understand that side of it more. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a dad who's a financial advisor. So it's sort of a natural fit for me to shift careers in my early forties, mm-hmm. which was a little weird, um, but it has also, it's definitely been hard and challenging and humbling and all those things, but really, honestly, it's been life-giving. It's been mm-hmm. a new fun adventure and the more I dig into it and the more I learn, the more passionate about it I become. That's awesome. It's kind of like you're not really working a day in your life, but I mean, it's hard work, but yeah. you enjoy it. Well, you know, it's funny. I practiced law for so long and it was always a job and there was always like mm-hmm. this thought and a lot of people are this way, but it was like, I'm going to work so that I can retire mm-hmm. and then get to do what I want to do. And now it's interesting. It's shifted because now it's like, I'm building something that I really love and I feel passionate about it. And so all of a sudden it's like, I get to come to work. Mm-hmm. Like, and I dream about like what this is going to look like long-term. So it's definitely been a shift in my mind. And I, I just kind of reiterate that because I think so oftentimes women feel like 
I just need to like do less mm-hmm. in order to feel fulfilled like you know just being a mom and wearing so many different hats of whether that's head of household or and working and being a mom and a chauffeur and a cook and all those things but really what I found is I've never been busier than I have been right now but I also just like have a new level of excitement and energy that's surrounding my life that I've never Mm. really had before so that's really neat yeah Cause you're also what you're doing and what you're building with the wealth edit is like pouring into people, what you've kind of been wanting for, for a while now mm-hmm. and yeah. building that community. And it's very therapeutic. So, mm-hmm. you know, anytime a lot of us, you know, had hard seasons in our lives or overcome tragedy. And oftentimes, you know, I mean, obviously biblically, the Lord is very clear about this, but you know, that we're, we're to use those things that we've learned in our tragedy to then to share with others and help build them and point them towards him. And it's so true. I mean, it's just so true. So every day, like, even if I'm having a bad day or feeling down, you know, I'll I'll go and talk to another woman and get to encourage her. And then it's like, it just reminds me of all the truths that I needed to know that day Mm -hmm. as well. And so it's, it's interesting how I've kind of found myself in a place that just automatically gives me the therapy that I need as well. So it's interesting how that works out but yes being able to give back is definitely very healing yeah that's awesome that's so awesome I guess I want to backtrack a little bit so what was college like for you and college let's see okay so I went to Auburn um I always laugh about my college experience because Mm -hmm. I grew up in Montgomery Alabama and it was never a question of whether or not I was going to Auburn I just was Mm. And nobody really ever taught me to think outside of that, but everybody in my family had always gone to Auburn. All my friends were going to Auburn. There were the occasional, you know, wayward child that really wanted to go to Alabama. And (laughs) we would, so, but everything we did was, you need to do well so that you can get into a good sorority. Hmm. And you can't do anything bad, like drink or smoke or have premarital sex, Mm -hmm. all these things because- you wanted to get in a sorority. So it's such a funny thing. So when I got to Auburn, of course, I went through Rush and got in a sorority. Thankfully, my sister was there. So that was really helpful. It wasn't really necessarily a stressful situation, but, but I got there and it's interesting. It was like, all of a sudden though, I was around so many other people, like, Mm -hmm. you know, just different backgrounds, different life views and worldviews. And so all of a sudden it's like my mind just like opened up. I was like, oh, there's just so much more out there. And <laughs> honestly, I don't really know if I care much about any of this, but like, I was so thankful for my friends and that was a great part of it. But I just remember being in, in college and thinking like, there's so much mm-hmm. that the world has to offer that I just yeah. never even really thought about before. Mm. And so that was fun. Every year, every summer, uh, the first summer I stayed and went to summer school, which was a fun experience. But the second summer I worked all year um, in order to go to Europe for the summer. Oh. And so back then you could, like, we all just, we had a group and we all got on a plane and went and found a flat, found jobs, Oh my gosh! worked for two months <laughs> and then backpacked for a month with a calling card and a 
No way. Yeah, it's like cash. Oh my gosh, I want to do this. I know, but it was so strange. But I mean, like, I guess I remember going to a phone booth and calling my parents. Like, wow. they didn't even know where we were. It was so no funny. No way. But that, yeah, so we did that one summer and I just fell in love with travel. Yeah. Um, and then the next year I worked all year again and saved up and then went and lived with a family friend who lived in Australia oh my and gosh. worked for a law firm there and then got to travel for a month around Australia. Wow. And so, you know, that's, I know that sounds strange, but I, I definitely worked hard in school. I, I knew by that point that I really wanted to go to law school. So I was mm-hmm. focused on, you know, getting the grades for that and studying for the LSAT, but I really like when I think about college I just think of adventure and mm-hmm. and fun and that I, I did meet my husband well we were friends from high school but he went to Auburn too so we started dating when we were there and then literally left Auburn and just moved my stuff to my apartment in Tuscaloosa and went to law school so there was no mm-hmm. I did not have a break and then just went straight into like being completely focused in law school And I loved law school. It kind of felt like going back to high school because it's a smaller setting Mm -hmm. and did that and then ended up getting married while I was in law school. And so my husband had gone to work for Pricewaterhouse for a couple of years before he came. So when he started his first year and I was starting my third year of law school, we got married. So, and then we moved to Birmingham because he was still in law school. Mm -hmm. So I had a job and he ended up commuting. That's how we ended up in Birmingham because of- Okay him still being in school and yeah. but that is so cool I didn't yeah. know you did all that traveling I did I did and I still love it today and it's yeah. still a part of my story um you know that it is I've always had this desire to go out and see and see the world yeah. and so now even now like after my husband died we were able to go on a long trip and so I took the girls out of school and we traveled for over six months and went all around the world. Oh my goodness. We did. And, you know, I said we needed an adventure as a family. That was something that was new and different than anything yeah. we had ever done. So the three of us kind of, I say, we just hit a reset when we yeah. were over there. We had a really fun, like once in a lifetime experience. Either something about seeing how big the world is mm-hmm. and just how, yes, we are suffering. Um, but if you look out in the world, we realize just how blessed we really are. And then also just realizing, you know, we're not like a big fish in this small pond. Like we're just, yeah, this tiny little fish in this world that like, it's so, it, you know, it doesn't just revolve around yeah. what's going on right it here. It really opens your mind up yeah. to everything. Cause yeah, I studied abroad, um, my sophomore year, spring semester. So just a year ago, really, a year and a half, I guess. Where did you go? Um, I went to London and we stayed there for, we were there for like seven total weeks over in Europe um, until we had to come home because of COVID. But it was amazing. I had never like experienced a country or being outside of the country besides like going on a mission trip and just seeing people living and the fact that people are this kind of the same everywhere. like. Yeah, everyone's somewhat friendly and like they want to get to know you and they're I don't know I just love seeing the way people are in other places and you can always find that connection somehow I know I said I I should have been like in anthropology or something (laughs) should have been a major (laughs) maybe maybe that'll be my next career yeah 
Okay, well, I want to talk to you a little bit about finance in college, because I guess you had to fund those big dreams and you had to, you had to maybe, I mean, buy groceries, somehow live, you know, Mm -hmm. how was that? And what, knowing more about finance now, what is your, what is your take on it? Yeah, so I have two like major memories about from college and spending. And, you know, we did not have like online purchasing and things like that. Mm. And no Venmo, no Venmo. <laughs> we also were not, I mean, we always wanted a new shirt for a, an event or mm. something like that. But I feel like taste now and college students are so much more sophisticated than ours were. Mm. I, mean, I think we were like wearing a t-shirt and like Patagonia shorts out. I mean, I don't even remember it being a thing though, wanting like really nice things. I yeah. feel like that shift a little bit, just having nieces that are in college right now, I see that it's just like, wow, you know, there's an expectation of nicer things. So back then that, mm. that just was not a big thing for me. Um, however, I do remember two things. So one was, <laughs> this is going to make me sound like really special. And I wasn't, I don't even know how this came, but I do remember this very clearly, but my dad, I kept running out of money every month, but just by like a hundred dollars or something uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. And I remember my dad, who is a financial advisor, sat me down and said, let's look through your budget and let's figure out why you keep overspending, which mm-hmm. I think was a really great mm-hmm. way to approach it because I didn't feel shamed or like you can't, it was, I never felt like you can never ask me for anything else. Like if you yeah. don't live within these parameters, then you failed. It was more of like, this is a learning experience. We're in this together there. You may need more every month or you yeah. may need less. So let's like talk about it. And so like we were that. always talking about it, but he said, okay, I find, I'm seeing that you are, you know, running out around the same time every month. You're about a hundred dollars short. What's going on. I've gone through your spending and there's a check to the church every month. Like, what is that? And I was like, well, I'm tithing. You told me to tithe. You know, like I've always had to tithe 10%. Uh-huh. And he was like, okay, this money's already been tithed on. Mm. Um, so um, <laughs> don't, he's like, I mean, I don't want you. He's like, I mean, you can give it to the church, but you're going to have to cut back in other places. Like uh-huh. I'm going to give you more in your budget. Uh-huh. And I remember, and it sounds like a silly example. One, I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. However, the things that I learned from that one was that it was a learning experience and I didn't feel shame. I feel like a lot of times people just stick their head in the sands and don't want to deal with it rather than mm-hmm. saying, oh, this is something that's like ever evolving. Let's figure it out and see if we can make it work. But then the second thing that I learned was I knew that if I wanted to travel, I had to make the money. Mm-hmm. And so I went and got a job and I really have I worked in high school too. I just really like to work anyway. I'm yeah. just always like to be busy. But um, something about that was so fun because it was the first time that I had like met financial goals on my hmm. own and the trips were so much sweeter. Yeah. Because I had done that. Now, you obviously everybody, I'm sure my parents supplemented a good bit of it, but you know, I had enough to buy the plane ticket. I had enough for spending money things like that. And um so I think what I saw from that experience was, wow, it is really fun. Like there's like some adrenaline there. I mean, mm-hmm. you're like, I have achieved this. Yeah. And, and then it like allowed me, I think I've just always 
had that thought, well, like if I want that, then I will, I can make it happen. There wasn't like a whole lot of limiting beliefs there. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're like, oh, I can't do that. I'll never be able to save up, you know, a thousand dollars. I say this with one of my children right now. I'm like, absolutely. You can. Yeah. You most certainly can. If you're creative, you can do that. And so I think it's, you know, having that mindset of, yes, we can make this happen. Yeah. I mean, I have to pull on that skill all the time now as a single mom. I mean, they're just things, you know, as college comes up and knowing, okay, well, it's probably, it's not just the tuition. It's, all the other things that come yeah. in. And then, but then also having open and honest conversations with my girls about like how much we can afford, how to think through that. Again, not like in a scary, like we're not going to be able to make this yeah, happen, not pressure on but it, more so. like collaborative. Yeah. Like, how are we going to make this happen? Like, I want this for you too. So let's figure out how we can all do it together. And I just really had that experience in college and I'm very thankful for it. Um, so, but lastly, on that point, mm-hmm. when we got married in law school, so that was kind of fun to be married and in, in school, but we did not have a job. Right. Okay, so <laughs> we were, were in school students, students. And so my husband's family did not pay for his law school. So he had student loans. My family had said, well, we committed to paying for you to go to law school. So we'll just continue to give you what we gave you last year for the year, because Mm -hmm. we don't want to penalize you because you're getting married. They loved my husband. They wanted Mm -hmm. that to happen. But so we had a small amount coming in from my parents and a small amount coming in from student loans, but we really had no money. And so I remember what we had like law school prom and I wanted a new pair of shoes to go with this dress that I had. And my husband was like, we, we can't buy those. Mm -hmm. We don't have any money. And I remember being like, what? And I, like, I can think back to it right now and know what I felt on the inside. I remember thinking like, I can't even buy a pair of shoes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) But it was the best thing and the worst thing Uh all at one time. So it was, it's kind of a funny thing to think back on, but, you know, learning how to hear that Mm -hmm. um, was really, that was a hard thing to hear. But as a result, it's funny. I tell my girls, we can't afford things a lot Hmm. and not even, not like, I guess technically we could buy it, but I'm just like, that's not in our budget this month. We're not going to buy that. Hmm. And, um, just because I felt like that was so shocking for me to hear that I feel like you needed to hear it beforehand, like get comfortable with that concept, because really in order to be good with money, you need to be able to say no to things things. that you don't need that weren't planned for because right. And I mean, there's, yeah, there, I definitely had another pair of shoes to wear. It wasn't like I had no shoes. Um, I clearly had something and you know, it was just a, an extra item, uh-huh. but to hear somebody say like, we can't afford that, that was tough. Wow. <laughs> That's really like living into like prioritizing mm-hmm. what you need to, what you're spending on mm-hmm. and everything. One, well, and the concept follows through to the rest of your life. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even if we're talking, if we're going to talk some about food and groceries, mm-hmm. you know, hearing like you can't eat that right now, or, you know, 
you can't, you shouldn't drink or you shouldn't smoke or all these things. I mean, like sometimes like they kind of, what are your expenses? Yeah. Like what are your expenses? What are your, um, like convictions too? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's like the same part of your brain that's saying, you know what? I don't need to do that Yeah, because that's not good for me. Whether that's not good for me financially, that's not good for me physically, Mm -hmm. socially, whatever it is. And so it's like just learning that there are boundaries. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, as far as groceries and food go, when I was in college, I mean, we still ate at the cafeteria and did that kind of stuff. We did eat out some, I don't remember that being like a huge part of it, but when we got married and when I was in law school, I do remember my parents taking us um, to like Costco or mm-hmm. Sam's and we would load up Oh yeah, with food. Um, buy in bulk, baby. But we would buy in bulk and we would like load up and hope that it lasted for a few weeks because we didn't have any money. Um, mm-hmm. And we're really, really thoughtful about what we spent, you know, we would definitely eat in on the weekends as well. You know, this mm-hmm. was not a part of it. Um, but I also remember that in law school is the first time I really started to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember like thinking like this costs so much more because for some reason, everybody wanted to make smoothies. Yeah. And so we would all make a smoothie in the morning and take it to school. Such a trend. I know, such a trend. And the fruit was so expensive. Fresh fruit is very, yep. it can add up. Yep. So I had to like limit how many of those I could have, <laughs> have a week. And um, anyway, so yeah. that's probably like my first kind of thinking about food and our, our budgeting for that. Like mm-hmm. where there was like, that was the first time I thought, wow, it really does cost more to eat healthy mm-hmm. than it does to just like buy a bunch of ramen. Yes, a bulk yeah. thing of something and just eat off of it. Yeah. And also it was like liking the idea of like cooking for my husband and I'm just like going to make a meal. Yeah. And, and, you know, that was definitely more expensive than if you lived alone and were just for know. yourself. If yeah. you're just for yourself, mm-hmm. like I can, I can eat whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that was definitely a new added expense, but mm-hmm. And I think you and I talked about this when we had coffee a few weeks ago, but like, I also remember when we had kids. And so like we had now, we both graduated from law school, both had jobs, could afford food and all the good things. We had moved into a house and had our first daughter, Mary Jane, and then had Camille two years later. So they were young, like probably two and four. And um, I remember like serving them something. And my husband was like, why, why are we giving them that food? That's gross. Like mm-hmm. they need to eat something healthier. And I said, well, I've run out of all my healthy food this week. Uh-huh. And he was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, it's cost so much to go and buy all this food. And so I'm just, you know, and he's, and I just remember him looking at me. He's like, if we do not have enough money to buy healthy food for our children, mm-hmm. then we need to be cutting back in other areas. That, I love that takeaway. I remember you saying that um, the other day Mm -hmm. and that really hit home for me because in what I've struggled with and like coming out of recovery, going into college from having struggled with the eating disorder, food is obviously very like 
walking on eggshells and it was fine freshman year with the calf and having all that food provided by me and or for me not by mm-hmm. me um and just like eating around friends that were comfortable with food like all that sort of thing but then when I switched to living in London and first time actually grocery shopping for myself in a new country it was like oh I have to figure out how much I want to spend on food how much I want to have for travel how much I want to have for fun things and I thought to myself okay I'm minimal amount for food minimal like and because I was like, I could deal with eating less. Mm -hmm. And so there is that balance that you have to like make in this realization that you have to make that food can't be something that you necessarily cut back on if it's something that you need to spend that Mm -hmm. amount on. That's so interesting that you're saying that because I have not thought about this, even though we've talked about this now a couple of times Mm -hmm. that, so when we went to, to London for the summer, we had a group, a big, I love us go bigger group of girls and one of the girls in our group definitely came out of that with mm. an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Or at least it showed it, like we disordered all realized eating it. looking, I guess. Yes, definitely disordered eating. And I have to say, I have, have thankfully have not ever struggled with that. So some of the terms that I use are probably not <laughs> on target here, no, but you're good. she That's definitely great. had some disordered eating. And I remember her saying like, I've eaten two tomatoes today and you know I'm gonna sit here and pick at this whatever because I don't want to spend money Mm. and I remember thinking like why is she doing that and I mean she was clearly like losing weight right in front Mm -hmm. of us and I could not wear any of my clothes because we had a friend that worked at Haagen-Dazs and so I just stopped by there every (laughs) night for free ice cream which was another thought but you know it's interesting that you say that because that was definitely her Mm. I could in her mind she rationalized Mm -hmm. that it was okay to be doing that because of money yeah and I think I can see that in a lot of people and I'm not speaking for anybody but it can be a struggle is Mm -hmm. to get over that hump that it's it's worth the money because your life matters and like Mm -hmm. you need to get through and to be able to like pay money for the food that's going to fuel you and to keep living and to support your travels and your education and all of those things that it's a non-negotiable and I like Mm -hmm. I like that your husband said we need to cut back on other things yeah so I remember thinking okay like what do we cut back on and it's so easy to do mm-hmm. oftentimes it's just like not going to target and picking up all yeah. that things. definitely not <laughs> taking your children to target uh-huh. but I mean it was as soon as he said that it was just like a light bulb went off in my head and I was just like you're right this is this is worth it mm-hmm. you know and especially at that age for us as like as a new mom and trying to like teach healthy habits to the children to mm-hmm. like where does this lie in our priorities and that you know that was what the wake-up call was for me because it is a priority it's yeah. always been a priority um but it is also a slippery slope now mm-hmm. and so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that with kids because now I'm kind of having the opposite experience where I have teenage daughters one mm-hmm. that can now drive and like the first thing she did upon getting her driver's license mm-hmm. was to go to like fast food restaurants yeah because I've always been you know promoting you know eating 
different types of food, uh-huh. not eating the fast food. And oh my goodness, I remember thinking like, she's not eating dinner in like two weeks. Uh, she I mean, she would fun. eat, but not really eat. And yeah. I'm like, okay, something's going on. And then finally, uh, I think we talked about this. You uh-huh. can't see what anybody's spending if you don't have their Venmo account. Which <laughs> so then I was like, okay, great. I was like, we've got an issue here. But again, I didn't want it to be all about food, but mm-hmm. it's just like, this is a money decision. Right. So it kind of goes both directions. It it's just like moderation on both right. sides. Right. Yeah. Um, Definitely. <laughs> and just maturity. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the freedom. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, so we've now been struggling with that and have one that's about to turn 16 too. Mm-hmm. So, I've, but see with her, I've already, she, like she's lived through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. She knows. <laughs> she's learned by yeah, experience but that other one like took me off guard I didn't yeah. think like oh I need to say this yeah but I think it's a lot of and I've I mean I'm no expert or anything but it's a lot of practicing just mindfulness and honesty with myself and like really like oh no okay that's not gonna fit into my budget like when I I think it was my freshman freshman or sophomore year I've always been I don't know I'm a nerd and so I made an excel sheet of course for what money I was spending and I was like okay well I have this much from my parents I'm going to only eat out maybe two to three times and that'll probably be like the weekend and obviously freshman I think I I did that my spring semester because after looking at how much money I'd spent in the fall semester Mm -hmm. on Whataburger, Sonic, you name it, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I need to, I need to be a little bit more smart here. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, we see this in our like wealth management practice here Mm. with adults Mm -hmm. that make a lot of money and they are all blown away by how much they spend on food. And it's, it is like a constant. And then at the wealth edit, like mm-hmm. we had a budgeting course. Um, and then I taught a course for all the single ladies. So we were talking about like going from a dual income to a single income and like what that looks like. And hands down, every single person said the number one thing that they were surprised by was how much they spent on food. Mm. Well, and food prices are just gone. Up. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like you yeah. can't go out to eat for under $50. Yeah. Um, and so it's a, it's a real thing. Yeah. And I think it's just because it's such a social thing and they're not to dog on any of that because I'm all for like having that special memory Mm -hmm. with your friends and all for like, if you're hungry, you should probably get something to eat, Mm -hmm. but it's like being mindful about where your money's going for or going to. And so, I mean, sometimes it is worth it, you know, go Mm -hmm. out and get that ice cream with your friends. But like, sometimes it's like, oh, I've, I've eaten out like five times this week. Maybe, maybe I should have a night in this Mm -hmm. time or something like that. It's definitely mindfulness. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the people that overspend on food are the ones that are not thinking about it. I mean, they're obviously, I think about it and I still do it, but for the most (laughs) part, it is lack of mindfulness. But shockingly and we've seen this a lot um with all the women that we've talked to so many women so many men all all sorts they do not know how much they spend Mm. whether that be on food or bills or anything yeah that is maybe we can do a talk on uh how to know 
what you're spending. Oh yeah. We have a whole course on that it. It's called great. financial minimalism. And we say that like, there's this whole, um, step to budgeting that almost everybody leaves out. Hmm. And it's that beginning step, that mindfulness. The first thing you have to do is figure out how much you spend. Hmm. And what we say is for two weeks, go through and write down everything you spend like first and during the day, like while you're spending. So if I just went to the gas station and spent $45 on gas, I put it in there. And then hmm. if I stopped by CVS and spent $12, I just make a note in your phone. And then at night, just go back and write it all out and total it. And do that every day for two weeks and you will get a, I mean, it is amazing what that will show you. Yeah. And then what it also demonstrates is just knowing that you're going to write it down, how, and how your brain works mm -hmm. and how you all of a sudden start seeing patterns of like, whether it's an emotional spend, like, oh, it looks like every time I'm had a test this week, I've, I'll go shopping afterwards or yeah. I, tend to splurge on a big meal or whatever it yeah. is it's like really interesting to see what like bad habits huh. emerge from just looking at I'm it sure. like for me well I love to get a cup of coffee on the way to work well, there is nothing wrong with buying a cup of coffee if that's important to you like go do it yeah but for me I was like I don't even really like coffee <laughs> like I'm just like doing it because I'm being lazy like mm. really I prefer the coffee at my house mm. And that you, but Jen, I was like, okay, is that really, that's like something easy I can change. Because mm -hmm. And so what I did was just would get my coffee that I liked and brought it to the office and made it here. There you go. So, but it's just little things like that. And then there's also big things. Like I just did a deep dive into my bills, like mm. my monthly bills and found so many different things that I like go through PayPal there were had some monthly subscriptions on there that were hmm. silly things yeah. that I had not even realized we're going through. And then, I mean, if you just kind of go through your American Express or whatever, and I found two or three things, I ended up saving myself a hundred dollars a month. Wow. Just like going through it. And then I During redid the my cable. Year, I mean, a lot. yes, it's a lot. So, I mean, obviously you don't need to do that all the time, but like doing that once every two years is really meaningful. But again, yeah. it goes back to that thing of like, being mindless in your spending like if you mm -hmm. can turn it back to being mindful yeah and just knowing what you spend yeah I think knowledge is pretty powerful and I mean if you don't know much about finances which I still don't know a lot but knowing that I don't need to be fearful about it it's just the fact that I don't know makes it scary and so if you just start writing it down start taking notes start mm -hmm. becoming more mindful then it's a little bit less scary and then it helps you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, we had this conversation with um, a client yesterday and she is newly single, has three children and she's actually has a fantastic job. So she's in a really good position and she's smart and she's sharp and she already is like, she knows she pays their bills already. She does mm -hmm. all that. So, but she we have been encouraging her to like really engage in this financial planning experience that we have because we do investment management, but we also really want to do financial planning. So mm. for those, this is a good thing to know just early in life, but investment management is like if you want to invest money. Mm -hmm. So you've saved up $5,000 and you want to put it in an investment account and buy some stocks and bonds where your savings will grow. So it's not just like sitting in a bank account. 
or go down depending on what market is. But <laughs> the idea is that over time, the stock market has shown that like it grows over time. So yeah. the, but then the opposite side of what we do, and oftentimes we say we like probably as much as they earn like in the stock market, a lot of times we'll save them the same amount by just doing good financial planning. And that means looking at your whole financial picture and saying, okay, um, are you like doing all the things that you should be doing in order to like be prepared for the future, mm. but then also like taking advantage of like for tax things. I mean, are you taking advantage of all your tax credits? Are you thinking through like how to save for education where you're not having to pay for the growth, like a 529 plan? Are you thinking about um, how best to gift money to your grandchildren, all these different things? Mm. And that's planning. So they're two different things, but we were trying to encourage this client to go through the planning process because she had so much anxiety. And I said, you know, I really think that just going through this exercise, even though you think it's going to be like stress inducing, I think mm -hmm. it will actually take so much stress off your plate. Mm -hmm. Cause like, even if the answer is not what you want it to be, you still know the answer. So you, you know, you just, underestimate the amount of anxiety it produces to just have like un um like for me it was like just the unknown mm -hmm. that was what bothered me as soon as I knew like yeah okay my husband's died okay I need to make this much every year I can stay in this house I can um take a year off I could once I knew all that and yeah. had like looked at it then I was like okay I've got my plan. Right, right. Let's go. I like that. Um, That's so great. But that, oh, I'm not sure. And it's that I'm, I'm not sure mm -hmm. that leaves people stuck. It does. Because they just sit there. Yeah. And they're like, paralyzed. Yeah, paralyzed. And there could be, I mean, just a whole world. I mean, there is a whole world of opportunity in front yeah. of people. But you you don't really realize it until you take the time to, yeah. to dig in. Or ask questions and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh. Well, that's so great. Um, I just want to be mindful with your time and everything, yeah. but I would love to have you on another time and just even talk more about all sorts of things because I feel like we could talk forever. Well, I would love it. <laughs> I love it. I love what you're doing. I love that this is a resource that you're creating because you know, having two teenage daughters and even friends and family, so it's not just teenagers, but like you just realize how big of an issue disordered eating is but also just like how um, broadly this like the concepts of like being mindful, mm -hmm. um, having, you know, boundaries, but then also like everything in moderation. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting how all of it kind of translates into so many different areas of your life. So yeah. thank you for doing this. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes and hopefully um, whoever hears this, that they feel more confident to just step out in the world and try things because you're gonna learn something <laughs> oh my goodness I think I think that like a little bit of adventure is yep. the best antidote to almost everything yes I agree oh thank you Haley. thank you